0: Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I am your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, we will explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron of the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around. We have got some exploring to do. Now, If you saw the episode title, you already know the artist I'll be covering, but if you let this episode play without looking at the episode title, I'm covering campaigns by Phil Madeira. Chris and Becca Greg Hart, Ollie Knight, Countryside, and Freedom City Worship. And if you've listened before, you also know that I'll cover one way you can be a good patron and issue you a challenge. But first, I'd like to tell you about our Spotlight Campaign. <music> Phil Madeira has been a behind-the-scenes legend in the music scene for decades, He's a songwriter, producer, singer, and musician, and I'd covered his Kickstarter campaign for his album Open Heart, an album of love songs, back in episode 20. Well, he is back with a new Kickstarter campaign for a new album called Hornet's Nest, a soulful, jazzy, bluesy, tin song album created from the pain of loss. Here are a couple clips of songs from his campaign video, so you've got an idea what it'll sound like.
1: Is a You laid them down oh so deep I know who it is I promise you this Your secret saved me I think it was Madame Last time we said hello Did either of us know It was goodbye The things I wish I'd said Still swirling in my head Too late to try There's something to be treasured I'll look back and I'll take pleasure it's gonna take a while. So I keep my lights down to low. Cause last time we said hello was
0: goodbye. $10 gets you an early download of the album, 20 gets you the new CD and the CD of the first Mercyland Hymns Project, which features the Civil Wars, Amy Lou Harris, Buddy Miller, Cindy Morgan, and more. It's, it's an amazing album. And then there are more options, including Phil's hardback book, colored vinyl, commentary, hand-painted watercolor postcard of the iconic Mercyland Broken Bird, a songwriter workshop or writing session with Phil, and more. If this sounds compelling to you, head over to Kickstarter and search for Hornet's Nest. But do it fast. This campaign closes Sunday, June 14th. And before we move on, I'd like you to hear more about the project from Phil Madeira himself. He took some time to answer some questions I had for him about his musical journey and this new project. Now Phil, you've done a lot of amazing work with an incredible cast of characters over the decades. Can you briefly just mention some of your personal highlights?
1: You know, it's been kind of remarkable to find the trajectory of my career winding up at least so far with Emmy Lou Harris and I've been with Emmy for 12 years. Of course during this coronavirus we're not doing anything. A little maddening, but uh it's the way it is, right? But via her and then also via Buddy Miller, I have just wound up playing with just a cast of characters that kind of blows my mind. And then even before that, uh, through my friends Wayne Kirkpatrick and, and Gordon Kennedy wound up having songs recorded by Garth Brooks and then, and Ricky Skaggs. And, you know, it's really all about relationships in this business. So I've been blessed with some great ones. And like everybody else, I've also got the relationships that, you know, don't necessarily work out. And you look back and you say, well, I mean, that was fun or or maybe, maybe that wasn't fun. But at the end of the day, I have uh, been really fortunate just to work with some great ones. Probably the coolest thing, it might not be cool to your listeners, but for me growing up, listening to Taj Mahal as a young man, Taj was real fundamental, as would be someone like Dylan or someone, but Taj was very fundamental to me in the early days. And so it was really wonderful a few years ago to get to play through my friendship with Keb Moe, who I had produced a track on. All of a sudden I was playing on this record called Tajmo, which was those two guys. And, uh, and then when I got inducted into the Rhode Island Music Hall of Fame, who should be inducting someone else up there but Taj Mahal? So it was kind of fun to sit with him and talk for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a crazy ride. I never know what's coming, but I'm grateful. I, I, I look at it as, uh, the desires of my heart being fulfilled. Pretty sweet.
0: I've talked about your double album, Motorcycle, on a previous podcast I used to do, and I covered your open heart project of love songs back in episode 20 of this podcast. And that campaign for the 10 love songs it just closed last October. So you're not wasting any time with this campaign for the album Hornet's Nest. And it's another 10-song album. This time, songs created from the pain of loss. Can you tell us what inspired this album and why now, so soon after the last one?
1: You know, the funny thing is about this new Hornet's Nest record, I actually wrote it before I wrote Open Heart. So Open Heart was released first uh, because it was a, it was maybe a sweeter record in terms of relationally sort of tracing a, a relationship that you're not sure if it's meant to be something or anything, but it's all love songs, you know, in that trajectory of something actually not working out. What I didn't realize, and it took my 26 year old assistant, well, actually not assistant, the woman who, uh, was, helping distribute my record, we had a conversation. She said, has it occurred to you that you've written a lot of this record to your own heart? Hadn't even thought of it. Now, I'm talking about open heart now. So Requiem for a Dream, first line of the whole record is you're going to grieve it for a long, long time. Your open heart was the scene of the crime. You keep asking the question, why, why, why? Baby, your guess is as good as mine. How do you know how to let go? Now, let me jump from that to Hornet's Nest. Hornet's Nest was mostly written in the throes of losing a woman I had been involved with for a decade to cancer. And unfortunately, it was not the sort of sweet ending that you hope for when someone is passing. It was really a difficult journey and I found myself on the on the wrong side of a bad story and that story followed me around uh to the point that the my only recourse apart from my really close friends Ben Pearson, Jimmy Abeck, uh John Hartley, uh Brian Owings, Chris Donahue, Will Kimbrough, you know, Red Root boys guys. Apart from a very small group of friends and my killer daughters, awesome daughters, I was really misrepresented and misunderstood. And my only recourse was to write the songs that eventually wound up on Hornet's Nest. So it's really interesting because it's, it's not a happy record. Now, it ends well. It ends with resolve. It ends the way you hope a difficult story can end. And I don't want to give too much info, honestly, Garrett, because I don't want to take away from a listener's experience by, you know, they they may experience something amazingly different than my experience when they listen, and it may be cathartic for them. But, yeah, that, um, uh, it's a tough record. Now, why am I putting it out so quickly? I mean, gosh, um uh, Open Heart was released in February of this year on Valentine's Day actually. Well, then this virus hit just a couple of weeks later and everything went away. Every musician I know, their work has gone away. All our tours are canceled. I Emily, mean, we we won't be doing anything till 21. And so I thought, well, I mean, I do have this record finished. I had recorded it last, oh, almost a year ago when I, when I was mixing Open Heart, <laughs> recorded Hornet's Nest. So it's ready to go. And I thought, well, this, this will kind of keep things moving, hopefully.
0: So I'm seeing this soulful, jazzy album described as musically upbeat and funky, but topically and lyrically about pain and anger from loss. How do those work together?
1: Hey, that's a great question. And, you know, all I can do is point to my predecessors, musically speaking, people like Mose Allison or, um, Nina Simone, who were writing sometimes angry or painful songs. Uh, I mean, Nina Simone, one of the grooviest tracks I've ever heard is, I wish I could know what it means to be free. You know, it's, it's all about longing, but it feels fantastic. Mose Allison, he was uh he knew how to put a bittersweet uh twist, humorous twist on something difficult. So he would add, you know, your mind is on vacation, but your mouth is working over time. And uh and then of course Randy Newman is a master at um a poignant lyric with a with a real um musical pull. And so All I can say is this stuff grooves. It, it, most of these started as just kind of blues tunes. And then I really, you know, they just, I just needed a vehicle for a lyric, honestly. And then as I got closer to recording them, then they really took shape. So they're not just one, four, five muddy waters tunes. Now they're more sophisticated. They even, there's even like a Steely Dan element, to be honest with you. It's funny. I mean, everyone who's heard this record loves it. I've been doing it on my 6, six o'clock Sunday night Central Time uh, show that I do on Facebook, and the response has been great. In fact, one of these songs I played at a house concert last year down in Georgia, and it's called Your Secret's Safe With Me. First line of the song is, I know where the bodies are buried. and And it's about a person, not me. It's about one of the people in this story of mine that I don't i don't need to divulge any of that. But her anger towards anyone who had ever crossed her was so deep. Uh, and her best friend said to me, you know, there's no one in her life that she's not mad at for something. And it made me think of that kind of scriptural idea of if you've been angry at somebody enough to hate them, then you might as well have killed them. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. And that's what made me think I know where the bodies are buried. Well, anyway, this song is very swinging, very monk ish. I play it at this little house show. After the show, this couple comes up to me. They look like a biker couple. The guy's got really long hair and looks tough, you know. The woman was striking and very alternative looking. And they come up, we really love that song, Your Secret Safe With Me. Uh, And I'm like, well, that's cool. Uh, What do you guys do? Well, I'm a pastor, and I'm a pastor's wife. And I'm thinking, I'm hitting some kind of nerve. People need to talk about this sort of relational pain. So there's that.
0: (laughs) Now, you've been doing a Facebook Live concert series every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central. How have those been going?
1: A couple of weeks into the quarantine, my friend Will Kimbrough asked me to come over to his place and be six or eight feet apart and play some music on his front porch. And that's when I realized that I needed to be doing something similar, that I need to be playing, I need to be performing, and that even though I don't know when the next time I will actually play like a paid concert will be, I need to keep my chops together And I need to stay in touch with people. And honestly, it has really been fun. In fact, it's been so much fun that this, you know, yesterday I did I did a Sunday brunch at 11. And then I did my 6 o'clock thing. The Sunday brunch was gospel. And then the 6 o'clock thing was whatever I want to do. So I just feel like people really love connecting, as do I, because I'm a people as well. So, yeah, to answer your question, they've been going great. Thank you.
0: You are also including some watercolor paintings as rewards. How long have you been painting? Since this is a podcast and folks can't really see them, how can you describe what your paintings are like?
1: Yeah, I have I've always included uh watercolor paintings, usually of my little broken bird character that is on the cover of Both Mercyland Records and um which is just a little painting I did, very simple little watercolor and pen and ink drawing, but People love that bird because we we all have a broken wing with a little bandage on it. So if you actually want to see that, you can you can go to the um, you can go to my Kickstarter. Uh, I think if you just Google me Phil Madeira Hornets Nest Kickstarter, it'll it'll get you there. And I'm sh- pretty sure the artwork for Mercyland is very clearly stated there. So when you get the postcard, I, it's, I'm not knocking anything off. I'm doing a new drawing every time, new painting. And so it's been fun doing that. People love that little bird.
0: Are there any particular Kickstarter awards that you're most excited about for this campaign?
1: Well, I'm always excited about personal contact. So as, as in all my Kickstarters, I do offer uh, the opportunity to co-write with me either for a half day or for a full day. And that has yielded some great songs in the past and just great opportunities for the people writing those songs with me. That's been a whole lot of fun. And, um yeah, other than that, well, to be able to offer Mercyland, to be able to offer that record as a freebie to, uh you know, all of the levels except for the virtual levels... That's a blessing. You know, I just happen happen to have a few of those around. And so to me to be able to say, look, you can have the new CD, but I want you to take this one too, is that's pretty exciting to me.
0: Now, I know you've already whittled down all of your songs to this collection of 10 songs, and each one merits its place on the album. But is there one song that is most meaningful to you or one that you think would most easily connect with others?
1: Uh, you know, on... Um, On Open Heart, I would have said the song Monk, the last song on the record, because it is so gorgeously orchestrated, and it's one of these songs that came to me so profoundly that I I didn't even know I had it in me to write a piece that was this sophisticated. And that song is just really about uh, how wonderful it is to connect with another person and music maybe fueling that. On Hornet's Nest, well, I will just say this about any record. I'm not going to put a song on there that I'm not crazy about. It's not fair to myself. It's not fair to the listeners. So on Hornet's Nest, I would think that the song that people would really connect with more, more than anything is a song called The Last Time We Said Hello. And actually, the hook line is the last time we said hello was goodbye. And it's me essentially asking this woman who passed, or it's anybody asking someone who's passed, hey, baby, did you know the last time we said hello was goodbye? Because that was my experience. In fact, I played the song in my last um, Facebook Live show, and someone sent me a message saying that song made me weep. It made me remember someone who I've lost So I got to say that that's probably the one. And it it is a beautiful song. It was written, it was the last song written for this record. Everything else had been written, gosh, um, I would think at least a year before the last time we said hello. And then I recorded last time we said hello, maybe in the fall, whereas the rest of the record was recorded in summer of 2019. But I felt like I needed to... Well, for one thing I was coming to terms with my own grief. I had been through the anger stage, which was the stage I was in when I wrote most of Hornet's Nest, and then all of a sudden I was delivered into gratitude phase, where I suppose I still am, and and, and parts of that had sentimentality to it, which is not really part of the picture now, but I just I needed to come to the place of just saying thank you so much for this person thank you for the lessons i've learned thank you for the pain i endured and finally was able to write a song that was just kind of sweet and was a picture of literally the last time i saw her and then the song after that the way it ends is so rocking and so high and so new orleans dance music you know it's crazy so I do have joy, and this record ends on a big, joyous note, but the whole album feels great. It feels sultry and sexy and bluesy and sophisticated all at once.
0: Hey, Phil, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us the inside scoop on this new project, Hornet's Nest.
1: Thank you so very much for having me on your program. I really appreciate it.
0: So again, head over to Kickstarter and search for Hornet's Nest. So what's one way that you can become a good patron? To set up this month's challenge, let me tell you about something I took part of recently. Michelle Nizat hosts the podcast More Than a Song, where she digs into the lyrics of a current song and ties it into scripture passages, giving Bible study tips along the way. She launched a 30-day music challenge, and I participated in the challenge and joined a closed Facebook group about it. In that group, we were asked if there were any specific songs that were meaningful to us right then. That's when this month's Good Patron Challenge occurred to me. One way we can be a good patron is to share a specific recent song or album that's been meaningful and tell people why it's really connected with us. So, to get the ball rolling, I invited Michelle to share one of hers with us.
2: This is Michelle Nizat, host of the More Than a Song podcast, and one recent song that has been really meaningful
0: to me right now is Holy Water by We the Kingdom, because it causes me to rehearse the gift of forgiveness freely given by our Savior. You see, rehearsing God's
2: forgiveness and grace reminds me of all that I have to be forgiven of and magnifies the grace and love of our God who relentlessly pursues
0: us. Then I checked in with Jessica Morris over at the podcast Between You and Me, where she puts out some amazing and insightful interviews with musicians. Here's what Jessica Morris had to say.
2: Hi guys, this is Jessica Morris from the Between You and Me podcast and I'm so happy to be here today and tell you about some music that is changing my life right now. So the EP that I'm loving at the moment is Meadow by Gillian Edwards. It came out earlier this month and it is absolutely stunning. It's her first original work in quite a few years and Gillian really just just unravels this idea of what it means to find peace and to find our worth and to find our identity in something bigger than ourselves um, I love it because it's so honest and Jillian isn't afraid to be transparent and talk about our own struggles and looking for self-acceptance and approval uh, but she also continually just comes back to the safe place of knowing that God is a provider and that he loves her whenever I listen to what I feel like my soul is being fed and then it's actually resting in a meadow like the title says and it's beautiful so get on to it I think you will really love it
0: I also reached out to Josh McCabe from the podcast Overflow Beyond the Music, where he does some incredible interviews with artists. Here's what he had to say.
3: Hey, what's up? This is Josh McCabe from Overflow Beyond the Music, the podcast, also from the band Caves. And one song that's really been speaking to me and just really resonating with me recently is a song called Come Out of That Grave, Resurrection Power by Bethel Music. And it's sung by a guy named Brandon Lake, and it I just love the bridge of it It says like dead man come out of that grave, come out of that grave. And the chorus says there's resurrection power when we sing the name of Jesus. And, and the next part says, so come on, let your praise get loud, make that empty grave resound. And I love just the power that happens when we lift high the name of Jesus in every situation. It makes dead things come to life. So it's one of those songs that I love right now. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you also check out overflow beyond the music, the podcast as well. Lastly, I reached out to Joel from the Eclectic Podcast down in Australia,
0: where they have an incredibly eclectic mix of amazing songs on their podcast. Here's what he had to say.
3: G'day listeners of the Good Patron Podcast. My name is Joel Brunning from the Eclectic Podcast. Garrett has asked us to share some music that's impacted us or that we've really enjoyed in the last couple of months, and for me personally, that's been a group called Prisms. Uh, They're made up of members from Alert 312 and... They're basically the musical voice for Streetlights, which was originally started as a project to narrate the Bible uh, with a hip-hop production backing. Prisms is a, a pretty diverse musical project. It's got elements of hip-hop, it's got instrumental, it's got elements of R&B, and I really like uh, Esteban Shedd, the, I guess the lead vocalist from... Uh, Alert three one two, and he's a really a really good theologian. And my favourite song uh, from the last sort of five or six singles they released is called "No Strings Attached." And yeah, the song is basically about um, you know finding your identity in Christ and not trying to attach yourself to to anything else other than Christ. And especially in this time, I've had it myself where uh, you know I've tried to make plans, I've tried to do things my way, but You know, God has constantly put me back on on his path, and uh, I really appreciate that. And, yeah, this song's really helped put that in perspective for me.
0: And Josh over at Jesus Freak Hideout said that John Guare's new album, Keeper of Days, has really been challenging him, especially the song Citizens. Yeah, I, I just took a listen to that song. That hits hard. And mine? I've really been impacted by Union Creative's song, Calm the Storm. The song came out last year, but the version that's really been hitting me recently is the Vivian Lawrence remix. With everything that's been going on in our world, in my home country of the USA, in my own family, and in my own heart, there's a lot of anxiety. And this song reminds me that the one who calmed the sea in the Gospels is able to calm the storm in me. So this is my challenge to you. Think of a song or album that's been impacting you recently, and share it with folks and tell them why it's been impacting you. If you tweet about it, be sure to mention at good patron, so I'm sure to see it. I would love to find out what's connecting with you. And if you're looking for music to inspire you and connect with you, you can check out the song Rx Project that UTR Media is doing right now. You sign up for the mailing list at utrmedia.org and every day you get a specific song emailed to you with some thoughts around it from writers such as Cindy Morgan, Justin McRoberts, Tim Briggs, and more. And if you're looking to discover some new artists, check out the most recent episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast. That's episode 43 from May 14th. It is chock full of new artists, and the next episode will be more of the same coming out in the next couple of weeks. Now, before we transition to the next part of the show, I want to remind you that the 8th of every month is Podcast Review Day. On social media, you'll probably see it as hashtag pod rev day. So as we come up on June 8th, think about some of your favorite podcasts and give them a review on whatever platform you choose. And if you feel like reviewing this podcast, head over to com slash good patron, and it'll show you whatever platform is supported by your device, including pod chaser. Now, we have got five more artists and projects to tell you about, so stick around to find out about some opportunities you have to help some specific artists with some active campaigns right after this quick break.
2: This UTR Media Podcast is brought to you by the new single by Texas-based singer-songwriter Paul Diemer. It's
3: been a long road, but you're to redemption, honey.
2: The single, Running, by Paul Diemer, shares how changing our perspective can expand our horizons. Paul Dima is available now on Spotify and all music platforms.
3: This UTR media podcast is brought to you by the latest single by singer songwriter and worship leader, Melanie Waldman. I will claim the victory. The glory is the Lord. The glory is the Lord's by Melanie Waldman featuring city of light is a reminder that even in times of darkness and uncertainty, God is our peace and our guide. The you can find The Glory is the Lord's by Melanie Waldman on Spotify and all music platforms.
0: Welcome back to the second half of the episode. On this show, I'll cover all the campaigns that are active right now that I think merit your attention, but if something comes out between episodes, you might not hear about it on the show. So if you follow the show on Twitter, at Good Patron, you can see all the campaigns we're tweeting about all the time, even between episodes. And if you want to follow up on any of the campaigns you hear about, we have got the links for all of them in the episode show notes. You can find them on the webpage, utrmedia.org or you can find them in your app. Now, Chris Redis is a worship leader and songwriter, and he and his wife, Becca, are foster parents and have created an album for adoptive families, foster families, foster kids, and for the church. This album is titled Be the Village, and their campaign reached almost half its goal in the first 24 hours. Here is a clip of their first single off the project, Your Story Isn't Over, so you've got an idea what they sound like.
3: I can see in your tired eyes. It's a lot when you're four and five. There's a pain that you can't describe,
2: and that's alright. But there's more to you, I know. There's a strength in you, I see. And with all you've overcome, you're gonna do great things.
3: I believe I can see you're a miracle in motion. Feel it in your spirit as you live in every moment. And remember when the tears are
0: falling down. That your story isn't over even now. $10 $10 gets you an early download of the project, 20 for the CD and download, and for $30 they will send another CD and download to a foster family. And then they have other options available. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Be the Village. This campaign closes Friday, June 12th. Now, the next two campaigns are specifically related to our current global pandemic. Greg Hart is a keyboard player that's been playing for over 45 years. He's been involved in a number of different projects covering a number of different genres in the past, but he just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new project to be titled Intricately Woven. It's his third instrumental album, this one specifically as a response to the pandemic and inspired by Psalm 139. He hopes this album can help Reduce stress, lessen anxiety, and provide comfort. Here's a clip of his song, Knitted Together, so you've got an idea what he sounds like. $5 $5 gets to the digital version of the whole album, 11 gets to the CD and download, and then he has other options available. Head over to Kickstarter and search for Greg Hart. That's G-R-E-G-G-H-A-R-T. But do it fast. This campaign closes Saturday, June 13th. Now, The other project specifically related to the lockdown is by Ollie Knight from Canterbury in the UK. He has launched a Kickstarter campaign for an album titled... You Hold the World Lockdown LP, full of songs he's written during the lockdown all about the hope he has found in Jesus, both now and for the future. Here's a clip of the title track, You Hold the World, so you've got an idea what he sounds like.
2: for a fear and dread confusion, chaos and despair You're suffering even in this storm
0: Your voice brings calm and leads
2: me on.
3: When the darkness gets darker, your light will shine brighter. Jesus hope for every soul.
0: Ten pounds, about $13 US, gets to the digital download, and then he's got other options as well. So head over to Kickstarter and search for You Hold the World. This campaign closes Thursday, June 25th. And these last two campaigns are worship projects, specifically from churches. Countryside Community Church in Sherwood, Oregon, launched a Kickstarter campaign for a six-song worship EP titled He Must Be Everything. Here's a short clip from that title track from their campaign video. For as little as $1, you can get the download version of the six-song EP, but you can also bump that up to a higher amount if you'd like. For $8, you get the CD and download, and then you've got a couple other tiers available. So head over to Kickstarter and search for He Must Be Everything. But do it fast. This campaign closes Sunday, June 7th. And the last worship project is from Freedom City Worship. They released a five-song live EP titled Overflow last year, with all original worship songs written by their church, and now they've launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new full-length album to be titled Jericho. Here's a clip of the title track of last year's EP, Overflow, so you've got an idea what they sound like.
3: Gift, I believe that your spirit covers me only.
0: $25 for the early download of the album, and they've got some other levels available as well. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Jericho. This campaign closes Saturday, June 27th. I really hope that at least one of these campaigns or artists this episode have connected with you, and you'll follow up and check it out. If you end up backing any of the campaigns, or if you have any questions or feedback, or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via email goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at goodpatron, so I see it, or my DMs are open. Or if you're on Facebook, pop into the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group and share it with all of us. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron, and I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Until next episode, remember, great music doesn't just happen, so get involved. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.